Hello and welcome to Reading with Carrie, Stories to Fall Asleep to, a mindfulness podcast series that can be used as a sleep aid or to ease your anxiety and relieve your stress. I am your host, Carrie Favel, and I am so thankful that you've decided to spend some time with me. Today's episode is on Virgo, whose sign is Virgin. And as you can tell from this title, the most famous virgin would be the Virgin Mary, Mother of God, in the Christian faith. With that being said, I want to acknowledge that this is not a religious podcast, and I do not want to exclude or make anyone feel uncomfortable. So therefore, I would like us to consider this as another fairy tale or legend, folklore, whatever have you, about Mary herself and not so much her relation with Jesus and the Christian religion. So again, if you are not religious or you practice something besides Christianity, this does not have an ulterior motive. It's just a story about a girl who's known for being a virgin. I don't know, it's very odd. I've tried to look for fairy tales with virgins in them. The idea of a virgin princess, that sort of thing, like it's out there, but for the most part, it's more virgin sacrifices, like two volcanoes and stuff. And so I really couldn't find any story that really focused on the virtues of um, chastity and that sort of concept. And so really, Mary is the best option for this episode. So again, I don't make it a secret that I am Roman Catholic, so obviously I do believe in the Virgin Mary as the mother of God, the mother of Jesus. But again, this episode is more about the storytelling, so you don't have to believe it at all. Just consider it a fairy tale, just like the rest of the stories. Virgos are born between August 23rd and September 22nd. I myself actually am a Virgo. Uh, My birthday is September 2nd, so I always get the Labor Day weekend. It's my my mother always jokes that she was in labor on Labor Day. On the appearance, Virgos are humble, self-effacing, industrious, and practical. But under the surface, they are frequently natural, kind, and sympathetic, as befits their zodiac sign. Virgoans are methodical and quick thinkers, yet they have so much mental energy that they are frequently stressed and tense. As a Virgo, I 100% relate to that. I am always stressed and tense. My mind is always going. And I do find that cleaning up and being very organized helps with my mental clutter. That wasn't said in this, but I know that a big trait of Virgos is that they are cleanly, you know, a little bit, not OCD, but, you know, they like things particularly in, in a certain way. And I am that way very much. I like things to be structured and in place. Everything has a proper place and then I can be flexible through that. So again, I always say the words like the foundational platform and then you can move out from that. Can you tell I've been taking improv classes? Because uh, that is a direct pull from from that. Our validation space again comes from Dorak Peck. 20% of youth have a mental health condition with one in 10 young people having experienced a period of major depression. Again, one in 10 young people have had major depression. And so oftentimes, we kind of disregard the feelings of younger people as being overly sensitive or just being in a weird mood. We call it a phase. And I think now we have been a little bit more educated to understand when a child is throwing a temper tantrum versus when there's an actual issue. 
We still have a long way to go, obviously, but the idea again that 20% of youth have a mental health condition, that's almost a quarter of the population. That's a big deal. That means that mental health conditions and issues are more common than they are not common. You know, like, it's just, it boggles my mind that people still treat it with such disdain when neurodivergence is almost part of our evolution, so to speak, as humans continue to thrive and grow and create wonderful technologies. I think the way that our brain works is also slowly changing. Obviously, it's impossible to know, but I would love to know what these statistics were back in the 1600s, you know, back in the 500s, you know. It's really an interesting concept, and one because no one really wrote about it at that time that I, I don't think we would ever really be able to truly understand. But as we grow in the intelligence of science, I think we're starting to learn more answers that can really benefit humanity and the individual as well as the overall society. So again, this is just a very important idea and concept to acknowledge and to spread because the more that people understand that mental health and mental issues is actually very common would really help, I think, in the long run. But first, as always, let's start with a brief mindfulness meditation. Close your eyes and take a posture that is relaxed, taking care to keep your back and neck in alignment. As you get situated, really notice your body, feeling the weight of your body on the chair, the bed, the floor, or wherever you may be in this moment. Notice the position of your feet and any sensations you can feel with them. Locate your legs and the blunt pressure on whatever seat you are on. Feel any sensations in your arms and make sure your shoulders are soft. Where are your hands resting? What are they feeling? Acknowledge any tension that you feel in your muscles and allow your body to express itself, being present in the moment. Just be aware of the tension or whatever may be happening in your body. Simply note the communication with a simple thought of, I hear you, that's how it is right now. Bring your focus to your breath, but don't alter it in any way. Just feel your body's natural rhythm as you inhale and exhale. Feel the oxygen enter your lungs, that slight hitch between inhale and exhale, and the sensation of the air exiting your lungs with another micro-moment between breaths. Let's extend our awareness to our mind. What thoughts or feelings or perceptions are present right now? Again, we are just noting these thoughts and feelings in this moment. Don't try to push or shut down any sense of discomfort or unpleasant feelings, but don't dwell on them either. Simply validate them with a simple acknowledgement, such as, that's okay, that's how it is right now. Keeping the connection you have with your body, reach your hands above your head, stretching your arms. Tense up the muscles as you breathe in and hold them in place for just a moment. And now, as you release the breath, relax your muscles 
and place your arms back to where they were resting comfortably before. Let's repeat this once more, raising your hands above your head. Tense your muscles in your arms and shoulders as you breathe in and hold the position as you hold your breath for just a short count of four. Then release your breath as you release your muscles and rest your arms back to where they were. Now focus back to your breathing and notice how you can relax by taking slow deep breaths in and releasing your breath slowly out. Breathe in, hold your breath, and breathe out slowly. Breathe in, and out. Keep breathing deeply, gently, and slowly. Now, notice your whole body as being present. Be aware of every part at once, as best you can, as you continue to softly and deeply breathe in, and out. If you are preparing yourself for bed, continue to breathe in and out and just listen to my voice, but do not follow. If you need to ready yourself to get back to your day, then let us now widen our spatial awareness by using our other senses. What sounds do you hear in the room other than my voice? Are there any smells you can recognize? Feel the item on which you are resting with all of your body and imagine it in your mind. Try to picture it as accurately as you can without opening your eyes just yet. And now, take a deep breath in on an inhale of four. Hold your breath for a count of four. And on an audible sigh, release your breath as you open your eyes and fully come back. And now, here's the story. Again, this story is a little bit different, but I wanted to just kind of go over some really interesting points. The Blessed Virgin Mary was actually born on September 8th and died August 15th. So she herself was a Virgo. She just missed the cusp of dying in the Virgo sign as well. It's really interesting to note that she's not just found in the Christian Bible. She's also in the Quran. Um, she is considered by the Quran to have been the greatest woman in the history of humankind. That's amazing to me that she really does have such a wide berth of reputation. I'm going to read pieces from an article from Catholic News Agency, which I will link in the description. And it is the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So, although Mary was born on September 8th, which is when we celebrate her feast day, it is actually nine months after the December 8th celebration of her Immaculate Conception as the child of Saints Joachim and Anne. The Immaculate Conception is the belief that Mary was born without original sin. Original sin being the sin that came from Adam and Eve when they ate of the forbidden fruit. The idea is that everyone now is born with that original sin of the first Adam and Eve. However, Mary was born without that original sin. The circumstances of the Virgin Mary's infancy and early life are not directly recorded in the Bible, but other documents and traditions describing the circumstances of her birth are cited by some of the earliest Christian writers from the first centuries of the church. 
These accounts, although not considered authoritative in the same manner as the Bible, outline some of the Church's traditional beliefs about the birth of Mary. The Proto-Evangelium of James, which was probably put into its final written form in the early 2nd century, describes Mary's father, Joachim, also pronounced Joachim, as a wealthy member of one of the twelve tribes of Israel. Joachim was deeply grieved, along with his wife Anne, by their childlessness. Quote, he called to mind Abraham, the early Christian writing says, that in the last day God gave him a son Isaac, end quote. Joachim and Anne began to devote themselves extensively and rigorously to prayer and fasting, initially wondering whether their inability to conceive a child might signify God's displeasure with them. As it turned out, however, the couple were to be blessed even more abundantly than Abraham and Sarah, as an angel revealed to Anne when he appeared to her and prophesied that all generations would honor their future child. Quote, the Lord has heard your prayer, and you shall conceive, and shall bring forth, and your seed shall be spoken of in all the world. End quote. After Mary's birth, according to the Proto-Evangelium of James, Anne, quote, made a sanctuary, end quote, in the infant girl's room, and, quote, allowed nothing common or unclean, unquote, on account of special holiness of the child. The same writing records that when she was one year old, her father, quote, made a great feast and invited the priests and the scribes and the elders and all the people of Israel, end quote. Quote, and Joachim brought the child to the priests, the account continues, and they blessed her, saying, O God of our fathers, bless this child and give her an everlasting name to be named in all generations. And he brought her to the chief priests, and they blessed her, saying, O God most high, look upon this child and bless her with the utmost blessing, which shall be forever. End quote. The Proto-Evangelium goes on to describe how Mary's parents, along with the temple priests, subsequently decided that she would be offered to God as a consecrated virgin for the rest of her life and enter a chaste marriage with the carpenter Joseph. St. Augustine described the birth of the Blessed Virgin Mary as an event of cosmic and historic significance and an appropriate prelude to the birth of Jesus Christ. Quote, she is the flower of the field from whom bloomed the precious lily of the valley, end quote, he said. The 4th century bishop, whose theology profoundly shaped the Western Church's understanding of sin and human nature, affirmed that, quote, through her birth, the nature inherited from our first parents is changed, end quote. While there are no scriptural reference concerns, according to tradition, it is believed that Mary's body was assumed into heaven, holy as in completely, and that is one of the oldest traditions of the Catholic Church. According to Pope Pius XII, the Virgin Mary, quote, having completed the course of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into heavenly glory, end quote. Mary went to Ephesus, where she experienced her dormition. The Blessed Virgin Mary may be taken as a patroness of any good activity, for she is often cited as the patroness of all humanity. Mary is also associated with protecting many occupations and locations. Mary is also known as Saint Mary the Virgin, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Saint Mary, Mary Mother of God, or the Virgin Mary. Thank you for listening. If you would like to support this podcast and become a sponsor, you will find an Etsy link in the description below. Thank you for your consideration. I welcome you back anytime you may need to hear a comforting voice or a familiar bedtime story.